Hello and welcome to another MEM podcast. We've got Dr Nicola Cooper here with us again today and she's going to talk to us about syncope. Thanks very much. So, collapse query cause. One of the worst things as a consultant is to come across a clerk-in where the presenting complaint is collapse query cause and then the diagnosis is collapse query cause. <laughs> so now we're going to talk about how not to be that person. So obviously collapses have many causes. You could have had a seizure, you could have had a syncopal episode, you could have drunk too much alcohol and fallen over, you could have been hypo. But really when someone comes with transient loss of consciousness, the main differential is was this a seizure or was it syncope? And today we're going to just focus on syncope. So what is syncope? Well, it's a symptom, not a diagnosis. It's characterized by sudden onset loss of muscle tone, loss of consciousness, usually falling to the ground, being all floppy, and usually a quick recovery. That is, at least if someone lays you flat and you're not being kept propped upright. In syncope, you go pale, and you can empty your bladder. You can be incontinent of urine as part of the losing of muscle tone. You can feel very washed out afterwards, very tired. That's quite common. Syncope is always caused by transient cerebral global hypoperfusion. It's not getting enough blood to your brain for a few minutes. And once you fall to the ground, the blood all goes back to your head. You wake up and come round and say, what happened? Serious injuries during syncope are unusual, but they can happen. And of course, if you're sitting in a chair or people are trying not to let you lie down because you're in the restaurant or whatever, your syncope might be prolonged. And sometimes if it's prolonged, you can get an anoxic seizure. So you look actually like you're starting to have a seizure because someone's propping you upright and you're not getting enough blood to your brain. So the most important thing about syncope really is that you must get a history from an eyewitness to decide if it's syncope or not. In fact, any transient loss of consciousness, you must do everything you can to talk to an eyewitness, even over the phone, to establish what you think it was. So let's imagine now you've decided that this was syncope. Once you've decided this patient's had a syncopal episode, there are four key things that you've got to do, and this is called the initial evaluation. This initial evaluation is in the NICE guideline, and it's also in the European Society of Cardiology guidelines on syncope. The initial evaluation is the history from an eyewitness, wherever possible. Then it's a careful examination focusing on the cardiovascular system. Then it's a 12 lead ECG and then it's a lying and standing blood pressure. Please do the lying and standing blood pressure as part of your clerking. After you've done that initial evaluation, up to half of cases, you'll know the answer straight away. But in the other half, you won't, and we call that unexplained syncope. And in unexplained syncope, we divide patients into two groups, people with structural heart disease and people without structural heart disease. And I'll talk about those in a second. But let's just rewind for one minute and talk about the different causes of syncope because most people don't know this. There are four main subtypes of syncope which you have to think about when you're going to see a patient. Just for a moment, I'll let you think about what they might be. So the four main subtypes of syncope are number one, the most common, neurally mediated. Neurally mediated syncope is vasovagal syncope, situational syncope, carotid sinus hypersensitivity. Situational syncope is things like micturition syncope, 
desiccation syncope, deglutition syncope, brass instrument player syncope. Yes, there are lots of different types of situational syncope. So neurally mediated, by far the most common, and it's vasovagal, situational, and carotid sinus hypersensitivity. Vasovagal, by the way, is always characterized by the three Ps, typical posture, typical prodrome, and typical provoking factors. So it's when you're upright, standing in a hot room, standing in church. Situational syncope can be sitting or lying down. For example, you know, how many times has a crash team been called to the phlebotomy department, right? Someone's having a needle stuck into them and they pass out even though they're sitting or lying down. So veins of angles usually in that typical upright position. Um, situational can be any position, but it's usually got that lovely history that makes it obvious. Carotid sinus hypersensitivity is not usually associated with this classic head turning history. It normally causes unexplained falls or unexplained blackouts. And a classic history of head turning before blacking out is actually quite rare. The second subtype of syncope is postural hypotension, properly called orthostatic hypotension. That has many causes, can be primary or secondary, due to medication often in older people. The third group is arrhythmias. Arrhythmias account for only 20% of syncope overall, and that's a lot less than most people think. And the last subtype of syncope is actually very small, it's structural. So that's things like aortic stenosis, hokum, and that's less than 3%. Okay, so there's these four main groups of syncope. So when I say after you've taken the history, examined the patient, done an ECG and done a lying standing blood pressure, you will know in up to half of the cases what the cause was, that you can understand why. So in up to half the cases you can say, yeah, nutrition syncope or actually, obviously this is basovagal or actually I'm worried about an arrhythmia because this guy's got trifascicular block on the ECG or something like that. But there are some situations where you really can't decide. So let's imagine, you know, that the history hasn't given you any clues and you just have no idea what it was. So you then divide the patients into two groups, those with structural heart disease and those without structural heart disease. If you've got a family history of sudden cardiac death under the age of 40, that's a worry. If you had syncope during exertion, that's a worry. And these are red flags for cardiac causes, as well as an abnormal ECG. So the abnormal ECG could be AF. It could be signs of a previous MI, intraventricular blocks. Or if you've got a history of structural heart disease like heart failure, previous heart attack, those kind of things. So that's what I mean by structural heart disease. In contrast, you know, a 50-year-old man with no cardiac history, normal ECG, normal cardiovascular exam, no significant uh, valve disease, that person does not have structural heart disease, especially if the syncope was not during exertion, they've got no family history of sudden death. So they would go in the not structural heart disease category and they do not have heart tests. They don't need any tests if they've just had a single episode because your prognosis is really good. But we might investigate recurrent syncope with a tilt test or carotid sinus massage or an implantable loop recorder in a specialist clinic. But for people with structural heart disease, even a single episode of syncope should be investigated and they should go to a cardiologist or a cardiology outpatient. And they're the patients that usually have echoes and ambulatory ECGs and implantable loop recorders. You should not be requesting an echo or a 24 hour tape on a person with a normal ECG. And in fact, in my hospital, 
they will send the request back. <laughs> the yield straight off is just very low anyway, but a normal ECG in one study excludes a cardiac cause of syncope in 97% in of cases. Apart from SVT, a normal ECG means you, you're not having an arrhythmia, basically. Okay, so just to recap what we've talked about, you need to diagnose syncope on the basis of an eyewitness account. You need to do that initial evaluation and you can probably decide in up to half of cases what caused the syncope, what subtype it is. But if you can't, you divide patients into two groups, people with structural heart disease and those without. The last thing to say about syncope is that the DVLA have updated their guidance about driving. It's actually quite complicated, so many of you probably don't realise that cough syncope, you're not allowed to drive until it's been investigated and treated. There are all sorts of different rules for syncope depending on whether you're sitting or whether you're standing, whether it's single or recurrent, whether we think it's cardiac, whether there were uh, high risk features and so on. So whatever you do, just look at the DVLA at a glance rules because we're very bad at giving driving advice. And that is probably syncope in a nutshell. Brilliant. Thank you very much.